Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated, and we are joined by Pete Sampson of The Athletic. It's Thursday, October 5th. We are two days and uh, an afternoon and evening away from Notre Dame taking on Louisville at Louisville. Notre Dame is a six-point favorite. They have some players returning, which is uh, exactly what they need. Uh, th- actually, all three who are pass catchers, two are whiteouts. Jaden Thomas and Jaden Greathouse are expected back from hamstring injuries. And then Eli Raritan will is expected to make his first appearance in a game situation this uh, this year. So, guys, uh, Notre Dame is six-point favorite. Louisville, a dangerous team because of the offensive weapons that they have, the athleticism. Uh, but I would imagine the, the uh, Notre Dame is going to try to put a lot of pressure on Jack Plummer force them to be one-dimensional, which we talked about with uh, with Marcus Freeman with regard to their running game. Whoever said uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, left half of it out because for eight weeks it's both a marathon and feels like a sprint right here for Notre Dame. And this is in the this is the tail end of it. Um, I do not think Louisville's lines will play as well as Duke's lines did, especially Louis, Duke's defensive line was, I thought, outstanding. Um, especially Tim, when you asked Jared Parker about running inside and he said, that's actually what they were giving us schematically right. makes it a little right. worse. If you're a Notre Dame fan, because they still well, then, were getting their butts kicked inside the guards. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's quite an effort by Duke, but Louis, yeah, you mentioned, um, we have a question on this, but Louisville skill position players they have, and they have some speed, um, that I think could give Notre Dame trouble. Um, but I feel like Duke was clearly the better coach team than Louisville normally would be. Um, but man, Duke's lines are what kept that game respectable when Notre Dame could have been up. You hear Kirk Herbstreit even saying it 24 to seven and things like that. It was the lines that did it. Uh, I think Marcus Freeman made a great point here, Pete, when he said, we want to live with the explosive. That is the number one thing we want to do defensively. Yeah. And look, Duke's defensive line kept it close. Duke's yes. offensive yeah, yes, line yeah. did not. I did um, line, yeah. yeah and, and Louisville doesn't have a defensive line like that. They have, you know, a good individual uh, at defensive end, but um, I, 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 Priest and I were both with Jared Parker when he talked about sort of the game plan last week, and you know they they wanted to push it inside, and they kept getting stuffed, and I guess I was a little confused about how that was the game plan because I I felt like one Duke had a very good offensive line, but they had a great game plan where they. They knew what Notre Dame wanted to do and then just took that away. And I think Notre Dame sort of struggled to find a counter to that um, for multiple reasons. I think last week's learning experience for Jared Parker and having Thomas and Greathouse at receiver, those two things put together. And just like the offensive line wanting to have a a bounce back performance because we know that they have it in them based on the Ohio State game. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot that I would, I would expect Notre Dame's offense to to play pretty well on Saturday. Yeah. I I, I think it was a little difficult extent understanding exactly what Jared Parker was saying the other day, but I, I took it as you interpreted as, they were getting the look they want to run the ball inside. And yeah, that's run. how I took it. They got the look right. they wanted, and they still got beat. Right, and that, and so that just speaks to 
it was a it was a lousy day for Notre Dame's offensive line, and and they played poorly, and Duke defensive line made them play poorly. You know, uh, and, and Pete, to what you're saying, I mean, I, I think what he was also saying, without exactly saying it, was that they were, um, like they they had the 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 outside game they had that covered. I don't know exactly. I'd have to go back now and look and see exactly what they were doing with their defensive ends. But they were encouraging them to run up the middle, and so Notre Dame did so, and it was it was bottled up. So, um, as to what you said about the offensive line, I absolutely think there is a bounce back coming from Notre Dame this mm-hmm. week. That was by far the worst that they played. They had played, they really had played well all five games. I mean, there were moments along, in, you know, in each of the first five games where the offensive line didn't play well, of course, but by and large they did and that and that was a that was a letdown against a really good defensive line and i expect that offensive line to bounce back we are going to get into this more but actually i i do think there are two ends and that that's why i think it it's relevant um that Stephen Heron, the transfer from Stanford, uh, he's a Louisville. I did have to look this up. He is a Louisville native. That's why he transferred from Stanford mm-hmm. to Louisville. But he was the MVP of the game last year against Notre Dame. He absolutely wrecked Notre Dame's offensive line. I mean, he's he had, let's see, five pressures, two sacks, forced fumble. Four of his five tackles were stuffs. He was all over the field. So obviously he is capable. Um he has 21 pressures this year. Uh, that is more than even Howard Cross, who has 19. And that's their second best defensive end. So I do think Louisville has something going on in the defensive ends. Um, now, the way to kind of destroy that is like what an army used to do when they played Harold Landry. You can smash him to the ground. The defensive ends don't have as much to do with the game if you're running the football really well. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, Heron, uh, he was spectacular against Notre Dame. He's and I don't, great. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I mean, and, and, I mean, it's 21 pressures this year. Yeah, there's, the 21 play- pressures speaks to that this year. I, I just haven't seen a lot of it myself. So, I mean, I have to go up the 21 pressures. What's well, that and the performance against Notre Dame is what yeah, speaks yeah. most loudly about him. And we know that uh, Ashton Gelati is a really, really good football player. So those are good defensive ends. But having said all that, we, st- I mean, I, I'm of the mindset that Notre Dame is going to run the football against them. Um, I think so too. I, and I, and I think it's a bounce back performance by the offensive line. And I think that this is, uh, I think Josh Pate from 24 seven was talking about quarterback matchups and this, uh, I don't think he said anything about the offensive line, defensive line on both sides. I think Notre Dame is the superior team in the trenches. And I think that shows in this game. I'd like to see Jared Parker get back to some of the run game creativity that he showed against Ohio state. Cause I, I don't know. It's, it felt a little stale to me um, against Duke, whereas yeah, I, I against agree. Ohio State, I thought he was very thoughtful and like the two back stuff. And like there was a lot of really good stuff against Ohio State. And then I, I don't it just wasn't there against Duke. So I know he has it sort of in his locker to do more than just inside zone. Audric estimate to death up the middle and pull guards. So that doing a little bit more of that um, on Saturday night, I, I think that, you know, it's a a bounce back for opportunity for Parker as well. I, you know, I, I agree with you, Pete. Uh, but I also, I think we all acknowledge that if your offensive, if your offensive line doesn't play well, and you're and you don't have the weapons that you need in the in the passing game, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But I, I stale. I think that that would be kind of how it felt to me as well, Tim. Yeah, and actually, I do. <laughs> it felt way worse during the game. Um, I could see 
why they were leaning on Duke in the replay a little bit more. But I mean, at some point, I think it was the start of the fourth quarter. I was like, this just feels like the most natural time to get to Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price right now. You could see Estime did not quite have the leg drive that he he was feeling things out a little bit. Sometimes it's just, I think I asked this question in August, do you ever, to Dila McCullough, do you ever sub because it's like, we need to change something up here? Not because... Audric Estime is not the best back or because he's running poorly. It's just like, let's, let's give him a different look. And I never really got an answer for that one. It's a, I know he has his scenarios for people. I wonder if this was a case where let's just try something different here. And they did go to love maybe two possessions later as the lead back. Um, He had the longest four yard gain I've ever seen when he burst through the line. It seemed like he had about nine yards. All of a sudden it was second and six. Like, what the heck? They just can't get anywhere right now. I yeah. just thought, do you remember that run? No, I do. And we, and we, yeah. you and I were talking about, it. it's like, this is not an estimate game. Get no, no, it was, lo- it was the game was yeah. begging for, for Jer- Jeremiah Law, but I, I'm sure there are other factors here that we're not considering, but I think sure. that, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it gets back in order here. And I think that you can, to a large degree, kind of negate those tackles a little bit. You know, Gelati is, Really, really agile, and and again, I, I like, and he's two seventy. I mean, that's a yeah, he's big. big he's dude he's, for that. He's piled on weight. He wasn't always that big, so he's telling the guy. Um, you know, I know that your uh, your Louisville insider Tim was talking about their linebackers, uh, TJ Quinn and Jalen Alderman. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, haven't seen a ton of that, although Quinn's leading them in tackles. I like I like Quinn. Um, I don't mean, I'm, I'm not saying Renorian can't handle T.J. Quinn. I mean, he's yeah. he's not Eichenberg, uh, but I, I do like T.J. Quinn. I think if you look at him, he's. I mean, by the numbers, he makes as many plays as Bertrand does. We like J.D. Bertrand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just I yes. with to me, if you have the slot being more functional than it was last week, it just really should be what whatever linebacker you put out there. Um, I think Notre Dame's done a good job of being efficient with the touches for Tyree and Greyhouse. And if you have both of them available to you, um, that to me is like, it's a matchup problem probably for those linebackers. If you're going to work over the middle, obviously Mitchell yeah. Evans is playing really well. So it's, um, if you can hold down the tackles and like, you know, Joe Alton, Blake Fisher need to play well to do that. But if you can do that, then I think you should be good um with every with everyone who's coming back well and if you do what if you do what nc state did which was hold Jar jordan to 32 yards on 16 carries well that's a win yeah i mean they're in a, <laughs> they're in a, they're in a bunch of they're in a bunch of trouble there because then then you can you can kind of release the hounds on jack Plummer. the whole key you know, jeff brom talked about it the pressure that nc state brought on him uh, you know, I mean, they're passing. You can have all the weapons in the world, but if a quarterback like that is pressured, he's going to make mistakes. And he's thrown six interceptions, one one interception every every twenty two passes. And I feel like I have to offer this disclaimer. I, we've kind of joked about you know about Jack Plummer. If he has time, he's certainly capable. I mean, he you know he's yeah. he's thrown a million passes in college. He's if he has time, he's capable of standing back there and hitting. And he's he's got about four or five guys that are good, especially. Jamari Thrash, who came from Georgia State, he's a really good player. They've got a couple holdovers that are good, but you know they have Louisville brought in more transfers than anybody on Notre Dame's uh, schedule th- this year. Yeah. Both sides of the football dotted with players, and you know there's there's Georgia State and Jackson State, but there's also Oregon, Stanford, et cetera, et cetera, of Power Five conference teams. So 
they've changed their roster. Um, probably not, probably not quite to the extent that coach prime, but, but significantly. Um, and you know, so they've, they've got some, some guys that can hurt you, um, on their offensive side of the football, but it first and foremost, I didn't expect Marcus Freeman to say that exactly, but that was what my conclusion was. And that's why I asked the question. If you, if you make them one dimensional Louisville's offense is, is up against it. They have much better players than Jack Plummer had last year, of course, offensively against Cal. But I mean, yeah. he had that, that, that game should not have been close. Like I, I made a comment one day that he was a Hail Mary away from beating them. He also threw for about 150 yards and maybe five yards per pass attempt. Yeah. He, he had a rough day. He, I think they had one bust and he threw a touchdown pass to Sturt event, right? Cam Hart had a bust maybe yeah. in that game, mm. but yeah, Louis, but Louisville has, some talent for Plummer. If, as Tim said, if Plummer has time, we won't, no one's gonna be saying Plummer stinks. Uh, if Plummer doesn't have time, people are gonna be saying Plummer stinks because he, he struggles a little bit when that happens. I'll be ready to say it. I'll be yeah. pleased <laughs> to say it at some point. Wait, I mean, it's like the fact that he's 17th in the country in pass efficiency rating is shocking to me. It is. It really is. Um, I, so I tried to look, I mean, because they, they haven't, I mean, they've only played NC State in terms of good defenses, but at least they're facing mostly power five teams. I know they're the lower level, but they played four power five teams in five games. But the defenses rank 113th is BC, 105th is Georgia Tech, 65th is IU. Mm-hmm. Um, NC State's actually much better than the 38th ranked defense. They just ran into Notre Dame's 45 points. That's part of that. Um, yeah, he's it's similar on the other side of the ball, Tim, too. Their opponents. It is. Oh, it you know, I don't, I've, I've never been one to say, I, I don't like the, oh, well, they haven't played anybody because that's not their fault and they can still be a good team. And they but are they, power five though. They have, these are mostly power. They're bad power uh, five, but it's real bad, bad power five. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, they they do fall into the, they haven't played anybody uh, category to me. And we're pretty I mean, far like, into in October. Every, every, but every year there's one or two teams that are five and oh, and you're like, wow, I didn't expect right. Mississippi state to be five and oh, and right. it's like, oh, they played McNeese state five times. Like it, <laughs> yeah. Louisville is one of those teams. I'm just saying that these power five teams are better than McNeese state and Tennessee state and Murray state. I know they played Murray state too. Like, you know, it, yeah. it, they bring something to the table and I agree. They, like every once in a while you see a five and oh team like Michigan, you just figure they haven't played. They, well, They're the great. best thing that's been brought to the table is NC state's defense. Because their offense is in yes. shambles now. <laughs> their offense their line is, <laughs> has really, really been very, very poor. Uh, Indiana's really struggled offensively, too. But, again, that's not Louisville's fault. They have weapons. No, they I'm glad Notre Dame has played Ohio State and Duke because after the NC State game, I was like, they still haven't played anybody on offense. This team yeah. stinks on offense. But now they, now they have played teams with good no, offense. No doubt. We're now in the peak of the NFL season, which means we are at the peak of fantasy season. You already know about our fantasy sponsor, underdog sports but what you don't know yet is that they have a special announcement for our listeners from now until october 4th they have increased their deposit match to 500 that means when you download underdog and make a first deposit they will double that number up to 500 underdog fantasy has a lot to offer including their pick them game and pick them you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can multiply your money times 20 by going five for five. They also have a best ball mania. If you think you know football, you've got to check this one out. This year's best ball mania has 15 million in total prizes up for grabs with the winner taking home 3 million. 
So sign up today with promo code IRISH and get your first deposit doubled up to $500 until October 4th. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code IRISH to get your first deposit double up to $500. You must be 18 or older and present in the state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Our second segment coming up, Burning Up the Boards. If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all-inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit GameDayYourWay.com. Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles and New York. Fly in comfort to Dublin, our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 50 plus European cities we connect to, including Amsterdam, London, Paris and Rome. Visit aerlingus.com to book today. Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question from Judge Arthur Vandelay. The offensive line took a major step back against Duke after a solid performance versus Ohio State. Do you consider that a one-off against a great Mike Elko defense, or is there cause for concern moving forward? I consider it a one-off. I don't. I don't look at it as a step back. I, I. I mean, that would indicate like they're a lesser offensive line this week. I don't think that that's the case. They just didn't. They didn't play well. And when you have two, you know, I, I realize that the guards had played well or well enough the first five games, but you're going to stumble along the way when you're a young offensive lineman, and so. I looked at it that way. Corral had a bad game. He'll bounce back. Um, yeah, I think it's a one-off, and it helps not playing against the Ohio State line or the the uh, the Duke line because those are two two top ten defenses in the country so far. I think it's easy to uh, put Corral down for a one-off. Um, Spindler or Coogan, maybe less so for me. Like they they you know they've I thought Spindler played well by. For a developing player against Ohio State, um, neither of them played well last week. I, I think that they're going to be inconsistent most of the season, um, which could show again this weekend. Might not, um, but I would think Zeke Corral will. You can put him down as the most improved Notre Dame offensive lineman this weekend. Yeah, I hope it's Blake Fisher too. Blake, Blake Fisher's most improved offensive lineman. That'd be great considering what he's facing. Um, but if you take any, they allowed eighteen pressures. Now I know that. It's dubious when you go by pro football focus, but if you go by every game approved pro football focus, it's at least the same ranking system, right? They're doing the same thing per game. If they allowed 18 pressures, you pick any three games on the schedule that have been played to date. And that's more than they allowed in those three games total as an offensive line. That's, that's just a weird one-off for me. And that's even when they weren't trying, when they were putting in subs against TSU, you're going crazy. They allowed five pressures against Ohio state and five against NC state. How much pressure did Duke send from the second level? 
Uh, well, they got a great one on third down where Hartman almost the pick on the last drive. Okay. That was second level safety. But I mean, not uh, an, not an abundance of it. No, no, I don't think so. So I, don't think so. I um, we we at the athletic we have something called True Media, which is like pro football focus on steroids. But the blitz rate for Duke in the game was only sixteen point seven percent for dropbacks, which was the lowest Notre Dame had faced all season. But the Pressures allowed was 44.4%, which was way high, almost 50% higher than Ohio State. They they, they couldn't identify what the heck Duke was doing. Were they able to identify getting bundled by Carter and Jamie and Franklin in the middle of the line? Yeah, it's like both. They couldn't hold up physically, and then mentally they they couldn't figure out what was – like to give up a free rusher on the second play of the game-winning drive, like – Sam Hartman oh. played a great – he had some great throwaways in the game, very underrated part of his performance against Duke because the offensive line was not – the whole protection operation broke down multiple times. Man, that just – and Aaron Hall was the guy that I had mentioned on Monday that I thought had a really good game for Duke as well. I mean, that is just – like my, I, I thought, well, wait a minute. There weren't that many pressures from beyond the D line. So they just – the all all I play like crap. I, so to answer the, <laughs> I mean, to answer the question – It's I, true. I, no, it is true, actually. It, it is. I just, well. I, but I just don't anticipate that continuing. You don't play – you don't play well for five games and then lose it all. But you can – I mean, you can have a bad game, but it, you don't throw it all away. You just right, – yeah. you, you, you fire it back up and you get your confidence back and you know that you're good because you've proven it in the past and you get back at it. I say Notre Dame fans, and rightfully so, are frustrated because the offensive line played very well against Ohio State, played well enough to start that game against Duke because when they score on a – no matter if it's a fake punt involved or not, you're still happy they score. They go right down and score. And then when they go play badly for 55 minutes or the bulk of 55 minutes – that's frustrating if you're an Irish fan trying to figure out what's going on because, they, as Pete said, they did not protect Sam Hartman on that last drive until they got to the 50, and then one of the four plays where they got to the 50, they didn't protect Sam Hartman, so they still didn't protect him that well. It was it was very strange, and can you imagine if that was Drew Pine because that was a safety to end the game at Duke on the first real snap in the end zone. He was totally Or, or a... Uh... Intentional grounding from the tackle box. And <laughs> I gonna say, like, or he just takes the ball and scores and touchdown spikes it. But that could have happened too. Next question is from Jimbo Cooter 55. I followed Jeff Brom pretty closely at Purdue. His teams were good offensively, but were very undisciplined and made a ton of mental mistakes. In your film watch of Louisville, do you see a similar pattern? First of all, that might have been my mistake. I think it might be Jim Bob Cooter 55. But anyway, um, Louisville had 10 penalties last week. So did NC State. Boy, that was that was that was a fun game to watch. That was a hell of a game to watch, wasn't it? Thirteen we, to ten. With, we we saw the worst pass in history when we were waiting to go to dinner. Yes, that was we did. Which prompted me to to have my outburst uh, pregame the other day. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, and I don't. I mean, a lack of discipline isn't just penalties. Uh, it's 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 missed assignments that many times we don't know exactly what the missed assignment was. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know that I, I, I feel like I'm in a position to say that um, that they suffer from a lot of mental mistakes, but I think that Notre Dame is a team that can force them into a lot of mental mistakes. Again, just by winning at the line of scrimmage, which I think Notre Dame has a great chance of doing. I uh, I have a lot of respect for Jeff Brom and pretty much anyone who sprung 49-20 on Urban Meyer in 2018. <laughs> you you cool. always have to be like, oh, okay, this like he has it in him 
for Notre Dame to go down there and get like, whoa, what is happening? Um, not like at Miami 2017 levels, but like just Jeff Brom's history as a head coach makes me very leery of Notre Dame going down there. Like, and I, I think Notre Dame will win and I think they'll play well. It just, Jeff Brom has a way of like putting all the ingredients together and spitting out a performance where you're just like, I did not see that coming and probably won't see that again for another two or three years. If, if you do go by penalties, they do average a little more than Notre Dame, 6.8 to 6.5. Uh, they have 34, but only 11 at home. But I think they've only played two home games. Is that right? Haven't they played three road games? Louisville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, okay. that's been one of the more impressive things that they've done. Yeah. That one at Georgia Tech, Indiana, and, and NC State. And ND has seven more penalties on the road than they do at home, and they're on the road. So we'll see if that continues. But that's just the straight up, as you said, penalties aren't the whole thing. But at least if you're saying Notre Dame commits too many penalties, Louisville commits more. What I've never liked about Jeff Brom's teams at Purdue is they couldn't run the football. They were they were awful. Now he came into Louisville and inherited like a ready-made running game. Jawar Jordan's a, a good running back. Um, their offensive line, they lost some people. They they again they added a bunch of add a bunch of transfers on uh, along the offensive line. But I still I don't you know I don't think that it's a, a it's a real powerful strong offensive line. But he you know he, th- that was always the thing that he didn't like about Brom that he had no balance in his offense. And then you know they yeah they would upset people, but they also lost a lot of games when he was head coach there too. So yeah. but I agree with you, Pete. I mean I I respect the possibility of what he can do. Um, you know, and after last week's game, Norton went against a really good uh, coaching staff and and struggled a little bit. So that's that is potentially still on the table. Question from Any Davis too: Does the talent on offense for Louisville compare uh, better to Duke or Ohio State? How do you anticipate the Cardinals will attack the Notre Dame defense? I mean, it doesn't compare to Ohio State, um, but I think they have more skill position players than Duke. Though I really liked at the end of the game, Calhoun, Moore, Card. I mean, I like I like Duke's. They played hard. Duke's skill position players. Louisville has more though, but they don't compare to Ohio State. That's a different world of skill position player at Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Riley Leonard as the runner was so much of Duke's game plan. Jack Plummer is the runner. Notre Dame would be like, awesome. Go for it. That's just as completely different mindset of how to play defense. He can run. I I know what you're saying, Pete. He can run a little. It's not that he's, he's not Jack Cone. I mean, he's, 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 he can run more than that. He's agile and can take, he'll take off. There'll be a couple of times where he takes off and it won't be a 25 yard run, but it'll be a seven yard run that moves the chains. He's capable. Yeah, he had a couple of fine yards, yards against Notre Dame in the Cal game. He had a couple 16 yard runs, but yeah. that's Riley Leonard started to control the fourth quarter by running right. the football. I, you know, Louisville, I, I mean, this is where I think part of the, this game is fascinating because Marcus Freeman says Notre Dame has to stop the run. And Louisville goes into this game saying, we've got to run the football. I, I, you know, it, Jawar Jordan is too good. And and uh, Marcus Freeman mentioned the other guys. He mentioned, not by name, uh, number 23, the bigger back is Isaac Gerardo, Garendo uh, that came from Wisconsin. Maurice T- Turner had 160 yards rushing in the, uh, the Fenway Bowl last year. It was against Cincinnati without their head coach. And so that may have had something to do with it. But um, – yeah, they've got some backs. They want to run the ball. Notre Dame knows they need to stop it. That'll be a 
I gar- I can virtually guarantee you that in my snap judgments, that'll be one of the topics that I'll that I'll be discussing because I think it's the it's the key to success for Louisville and Notre Dame stopping is the key to success for Notre Dame. Bob for ND three wonders along with the rest of us. Why has Jack Kaiser and Jalen Steed's playing time been reduced? I at least wonder about half of that. Yes. Yeah, I was I was going to say I don't know. I mean, Jalen Sneed's just an inconsistent football player. I know everybody wants his athleticism on the field. It's obvious when he's on the field that he has a level of athleticism that most of Notre Dame's defenders don't have. But I just don't think at this point that they can trust cutting him loose and and having a bust and then giving up a big play. Jack Kaiser is the dilemma that, Tim, you presented to Al Golden last week. Um, You know, you want... (laughs) You you want Harper on the field. You want Thomas Harper on the field. The dilemma is how you get Jack Kaiser on the field as well. Yeah, and they did not and, work and it in out. Of, in in lieu of of JD Bertrand, I I just I mean I I understand the let's put it this way, I understand the dilemma the dilemma that Al Golden faces. I went before because Pete has some good insight on this. Um, when we talked about Jack Kaiser could replace JD Bertrand in the nickel and the dime, not in right. the base at middle, especially the dime, especially the dime. I still think he should do that. That seems very strange to me that he doesn't. I However, Jalen Jalen Sneed, I want to give one. I think Sneed was kind of personnel to game planned out of this one for one snap because he actually made a couple plays against Ohio State in his ten snaps. Yeah. I mean the goal line. <laughs> Jalen Sneed running in against Riley Leonard and having to figure out the rush lane and everything. I don't think they trusted that 1%. And that's why he didn't play. I think you will see another 10 to 12 snaps from Jalen Sneed. Um, that sounds for Louisville. That sounds low. And because the previous games, he was 26, 20, 22, 27, um, 20 was NC state. That would be relevant. I have a question for you guys. Did Thomas Harper have two blown assignments in the fourth quarter, the touchdown on the motion play. And also when I said Jaden Mickey, messed up was that Thomas Harper if you guys go look back at the film I think Harper had both blown assignments and that's why Clarence Lewis came in on the final drive I think the first one I remember the first one vividly as I was and then rewatched the game it just felt like Harper falling asleep would be too harsh but like just like look the other way and then the the back was already going back the other way and it was too late. Uh, but I don't, I don't remember. What was the, what was the second one? The one I'm talking. So when Mickey, they had a third down, I complained during the game, Mickey's in for heart. This is dumb to keep Mickey in for heart here. If you're just subbing for the heck of it, I said, Mickey got beat. When you look at that again, it looks like Mickey was in, was switching on like a, they had like a two receiver set. It looked like Mickey was staying to one side and Harper just stood there. And then Mickey took off running after the uh, receiver, which of course you're supposed to do because there's a mistake. And I just wondered why Lewis came in. I don't, you wouldn't think like, oh, well, I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised too. when I saw that. So uh, that's not really a question you can ask golden. Hey, why did you take Thomas Harper out of the game at the end? Did he blow two plays? But uh, maybe two weeks later we could figure out. um, Anyway, that's a tangent, but Jack Kaiser against Duke seemed like the guy to have in for me. If you're not, if you're taking out your nickel. Yeah. Yeah, that um, I could play. I was I I couldn't believe he only got 16 snaps in the game. Um, That really surprised me. I mean, we're we're all in agreement. He's got to play a little more, right? Tyson made grad transfer somewhere so he can be a full time player. Although I guess the opportunity would arise next year, but yeah, he can just go try his back to the pros probably at this point too, right? Yeah, as well. So, but he could have done that last year. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, still. If Thomas Harper had a bust or two, 
Oh, he's had a really good year, and he had a, yeah, yeah I, well, a lot, a lot of trust, a lot of trust running back out there. I just interesting question though, because I mean, there was a weird Clarence Lewis. Oh, we hadn't seen Clarence Lewis. In fact, I kind of at one point during game, I thought, what Clarence Lewis can't can't contribute at all in this I'll game. Tell you where he could have contributed it was a third and nineteen against Ohio State, because I would love to have had him in that play at safety. All right, next question from <laughs> sorry. Jack Mack 99. Even if Notre Dame still has a depleted wide receiver room, is this still a secondary Sam Hartman can throw on? How do Louisville's DBs compare to Dukes or Ohio State's? We got to quit comparing people to Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're but I, their corners are good. Quincy Riley and they are good. Jarvis Brownlee are, are good. I wouldn't put them at quite at that level. I, I wouldn't say that, you know, I mean, I'm sure Sam Hartman can still have success throwing the football without those receivers, but they need, they need I, those. I, well, I, don't, I disagree. I disagree. I mean, too. I mean I some, yeah. some isolated success, but they need those. They need, they need Thomas and, and great house on the field. And you need, it wouldn't hurt to have a Raritan run a couple plays as well at the, you know, the boundary wide receiver. I don't know how they exactly how they plan to use him, but uh, no, you don't want to go into another game without those two guys helping Sam Hartman out. Yeah, it's like the passes of 20 air yards or more. First four games of the season, Sam Hartman, 9 of 12, 374 yards, six touchdowns. Last two games, passes, air yards or more, 1 of 7, 28 yards. I mean, that's – these okay, are good defenses, good. no doubt. Uh, and Louisville giving up – some chunk plays in the past game is something that they they do a lot of that um but you have to have thomas and Greyhouse available to make it happen because what notre dame is getting from its outside receivers right now in terms of catch percentage per target is 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 pretty bad i think Greyhouse and thomas make flores better too so he doesn't have to play 60 snaps um he's not a 60 snap guy yet it may merriweather plays that many snaps because he blocks but it would be great to not have Merriweather play that many snaps because then you introduce a wide receiver threat yeah. to the to the offense as well. So that's yeah. Just, yeah, that's just it to me. I mean, I you know, I I understand they're trying to jumpstart Merriweather, but you need to get floors and great house on the field. You need more productive, you need receivers on the field that are productive. And Flores certainly blocks as well. Now, Merriweather is probably their best blocking receiver when Thomas is not there. Merriweather's number two, I think. But I, I think Flores is probably number three. I bet he's right there. Yeah, to, I mean, to me, like Jaden Thomas is the key to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Great House is very fun to watch, but like Thomas is the key for like restarting the offense, running yeah. game too. Yeah, now I agree, and that's why I say when you talk about pro- put productive receivers on the field, Tyree, um, Thomas, Flores, Great House, they, they need greater productivity. At, at, yeah, I mean, Tobias Merriweather has been granted an incredible opportunity while he's not being productive in the passing game they continue to run him out there yeah um and there's a the specific question about louisville's corners it's it's brownlee's number two and quincy Riley's number three so i did a quick look yesterday they allow i mean brownlee I, I, we're gonna keep talking about who they've played but Four power five teams, no good quarterbacks, no good quarterbacks. <laughs> okay, we can throw that out there. But Brownlee's only allowed nine catches on 23 targets. Quincy Riley, 10 on 25 targets. Uh, that's that's good effort. Oh, that's 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 a good job in modern college football. I mean, that's that's the Morrison level of over a course Brownlee, of the season against good quarterbacks. Brownlee shows up a lot. Brown, Brownlee yeah. shows up a lot. Riley ended the NC State game with a with an interception. So it's a good pair. They need Notre Dame needs their wideouts. You get you don't want another game without them. You know one of their backup corners, don't you, Tim? Uh 
Uh, I bet you do. I bet our readers do too, and I hope he gets in the oh, game. Oh, it's, it's our yes, it's our. Well, actually, they have the two North Carolina transfers, and Cameron Cameron Riley, uh, not Cameron Riley, Cameron Kelly. Cameron Kelly, yeah, I yeah. remember him. Kelly is producing for them on the back end. Storm Duck is Storm uh, Duck back in twelve, guys. Here we go. Won't uh, won't go away. He's listed second team. Don't play. I mean, you know what? Seriously though, that dude's been. His career has been sabotaged by injuries. He yeah, no, he was. First time we saw him, he, you know, he had the, the novelty of his name, but he was a good player then, but he's had so many injuries. I don't think that he can fully produce at his, his capabilities. Question K. Beasley. Go ahead, Tim. Is this Nor- K. Beasley, is this Notre Dame team destined to being a primary 12 personnel offense moving forward? I don't know if he means for the balance of the season or beyond this year, but the question stands before us. I think he means this year. Um, <coughs> well, when Thomas is back, yes, still, I think still 12 personnel is the primary. Um, you're going by percentages, I suppose it could be a little less, but if you see 12 personnel out there, 45% of the time, isn't that primary personnel? Yeah, I, for the course of the season, they're, they're more 11 than they are 12. But, you know, in the in the run game, I have them at, 66 snaps at 11, 84 and 12, but the the passes I think flips the other way around. So which it kind of has to though, doesn't it? If it's a- you would think cuz like when you're pat you're not in 12 personnel on third and 12. Um but yeah, it's in 11 personnel, Sam Hartman has 95 pass attempts and 12 personnel he has 38. So it, but they're even being more 11 than 12, I remember looking up this last year when I was doing some research into Andy Ludwig, Notre Dame is still more 12 than just about everybody else. That's what I meant by the percentage might not point it out, but you're like, yeah. wow, they play. They're not minutes. majority 11, but they are more inclined to be 12 than most every other team in the country, which to me is a, it's a surprise. It's one of the surprises of where I thought the team was going to be on August 1st. Cause I, being 12 personnel so much feels like kind of a replay of last year. And I didn't think this offense was going to be a replay of last year. But you can certainly, I, I, the question's offered, I think, in a negative way, right? Like, are they destined to stay in 12 for the rest of the year? But I, I don't know. I don't know whether, why you would want to get away from that under the circumstances through six games. I, I would I, like to see them figure out how to get the, be in 12 personnel with also a slot receiver. Like, I don't want Holden Stays to sub out for Chris Tyree. Right. I want Holden right. Stays to sub out for like Tobias Merriweather. You know what I mean? Like move. Can you move Greyhouse and Tyree outside? Or I, I, I don't know. I, I just, when you, what? if you asked us like, Hey, who are Notre Dame's five best skill position players at one time? I think we would all only have one outside receiver on the field. Yeah. You're trying to put, uh, I would have a lot of Jaden Thomas on the field, obviously. Yep. Mitchell Evans, Holden stays a running back. Well, Audrick Estime would be the running back, but a running back. Audrick Estime is the running back first. Uh, I mean, Tyree, Tyree's probably been the nah, most. I, I, I'd rather have Flores out there blocking and doing other things than Tyree. Well, I'd rather have Flores a great house out there than, than Merriweather with the empty, yeah. empty snaps. I, I, well, now uh, we're definitely leaning towards, but we all like Holden Stays, though, in there. Holden Stays is a quality player. Sometimes we like Love and Estime out there. I like that a lot. That would be my 
actual I figure I like having Love and Estime out there together. Yeah, and I mean, that's it's a question for Jared Parker next week. What's Audric Estime's problem? Why can't he share the backfield at the <laughs> yeah, same time I, with somebody else? I had to make sure I corrected myself when I said a running back, as if that's yeah. not the running back you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understood what you were saying there, Tim. A uh, question from Statman72. Given Hartman's success running, scrambling the last week, do you think there could be more design runs called for him, or is the risk of injury too great to allow for that? I think the risk is too great, and he may have to do it against USC and Clemson. Anyway, might have to do it in a spot on Saturday. Oh, yeah, um, but I just not in the game plan as much. But no, I would not design any runs for him at, at all. Like desperation only situation. He can do it himself, is what you're saying. He can decide when to go. He doesn't yeah. want to go. He doesn't want to run. I, you no. know, like, we go back. We go back to his freshman year, and that was I, like I was impressed with. Hell, he's just going for it. The Wake Forest game in 2018. I he doesn't want to run, and so, and it is too risky, and it. Hey, the mere fact that he doesn't want to run allowed fourth and 16 to get to be picked up, you know, because that's if you're watching, if you're scouting Notre Dame, you're getting ready to play Notre Dame. Sam Hartman doesn't want to run. And so I can't believe first, he ran on that play. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe he ran on that play. It's incredible. He made it pretty easily, too. I mean, other than throwing uh, his body in there, other than he made it, you know, he he made sure he made it. He made it by two yards, but that's because he threw his body across the marker. I, when, I cannot, when he took off, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. The game's over. And then it was not. <laughs> Didn't you think he shouldn't? I mean, maybe at a different angle. Uh, again, where, my perspective, I was on, I was, I was on the sideline yeah. near the end zone, Notre Dame sideline. And I didn't see it real well, but naturally knowing they needed 16 when he took <laughs> off, I thought, nah, <laughs> I couldn't see it real well, but I did 16 yards holding. It's not six. It's 16. No, I wasn't real confident when I saw him. No, I, the TV copy was bad because I, I I wanted an end zone view of like what Hartman was seeing. I, I from the press box, the only receiver I saw was Rico Flores, who was just standing by the <laughs> sideline. And I think Hartman was like, could you move? And he didn't move. So I don't. If you drop eight, there's not going to be a lot of room to throw. And if yeah. one receiver is standing on the sideline, the sideline is defending him. So. It um they have a self cover out there too. That's a problem when you're trying to get open. Ooh, yeah, a, the, he, ele- uh, the element of surprise is is uh Sam Hartman's best friend when it comes to scrambling. I can give you no help, Pete Sampson, because I was sitting in the press box only looking at Hartman, not even looking downfield. I'm just like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then he started running, and I had no idea why that was. I think you you got Tim, you might have mentioned this on or Priester on the Monday podcast about like did Duke play that correctly or like was it a bad call and I think Elko after the game said like they played it incorrectly like you're supposed to have essentially five four guys like on the first down marker and they they sort they just vacated I don't have a problem but I don't have a problem with dropping eight but these these defenses don't know how the hell to run it yeah the drop drop eight I think was exactly the right call yeah by the way for uh, Duke Purdue, did you hear Kirk Herbstreet say on that third down sack of Hartman, you got to love it when a defense comes after you on third and long. I was like, no, don't stop. Stop too too early to Kurt too early. Kurt, don't do this. He literally said, you have to love it when a defensive coordinator is aggressive on third and long. I do love oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which yeah. he didn't, he did not mention that. No, he did not mention it. But... Down later. He did not. Speaking of which, go ahead, Tim. I was just going to say, speaking of which, that particular game, but J.J. Alwine, predict most to lease versus Louisville. 
And he has three categories here. I am going to add an over-under just for the heck of our Irish Illustrated board. Jeremiah Love touches versus sacks of Sam Hartman. That's kind of negative. Uh, and Tobias Merriweather targets. I want to add Eli Rared in targets. What is your over-under if I set it at 0. 0.5? Uh, under, if you want to get that out of the way. All right, so Love touches first for me here by far. First, first for me as well. I, I think there, there's going to be a conscious effort to do that. This yeah, I would go Love touches more than Hartman sacks and Mary Rother targets combined. I agree. I agree with that. I don't think Merriweather gets more than, okay, I'll set it at 2.5 targets for Merriweather. Say one of the two receivers is truly back and they're not both truly Over. Back. I think they're going to keep throwing on the ball. Okay. Sacks of Hartman under, or, or Sacks of Hartman's over under is 2.5. I agree. Oh. Under on that one. I mean, let's get a two. It's going to be two. Yeah. yeah. Four against NC State, two against Duke. Should have had, I mean, Duke could have had 12, um, but yeah, I'll go under on I, that one. If, if Gelati's matched up with, with all, which is just a freaking all time, great matchup game within a game kind of deal. That'll be, that'll be fun to, to take a look at. Um, Aaron and Fisher is going to be fun to take a look at because they've already done it once before. Yeah. Not, uh, nah, yeah. It didn't go well. Fisher's going to have to even the score there. He's going yeah. to have to play a lot better than he did last week. There's no doubt about that. Uh, question from Nita Turnover. Louisville can't run the ball. So would you sit back in coverage and make Plummer beat you with his arm, or do you see Golden continuing his aggressive ways, coming after the quarterback, but potentially allowing one of those athletes to get loose? Let's, they can't let's, yeah, let's. I mean, Louisville absolutely can run the football. That's that's it's an incorrect notion. Yeah, Louisville can run the ball. Notre Dame has to stop the run to win. Um, Jordan is 7.7 yards a carry, so that's a little bit ahead of Estime. He can run the ball. Um, if you're looking at explosives, Estime's been much Estime's the most explosive back of the country almost right now, but I, I gosh, I wrote this down somewhere at my breakfast table pete and i can't remember what it was now but estimate does have a lot more explosive um both more 10 yard 20 yard and 30 yard runs than jordan um but jordan averages like 7.7 yards a carry right now and Lou and louisville averages what tim 5.2 yeah it's uh it it well obviously it dropped from this past game well i don't yes. even know State I mean, on that. Uh, jordan's at 7.7 and he was he had 16 carries for 32 yards the other night so he was well over eight um, the same way estimates drop from near. So eight. I think this is a question coming from watching the NC State game, in which case a lot, a lot of people run great against NC State. I mean, Notre Dame did okay. They did okay. But... The 80 yarder was huge to that yes. end. Yes. Um, I mean, actually, it was. They had 170. Did they have 170 for the game? I think it was. ND against NC State. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 80 of yeah. a 21. like a high theory. stuff game for sure. I'm not, I don't want to say but, that Notre Dame was like a machine on the ground against yeah. them but nearly um, nearly nearly 50 percent came on one run of the entire yeah. game yeah and they got those count though up in, those yeah count. before before the delay i mean they were they're getting stuffed so um, yeah let me uh, let me read a quote from uh jeff brom regarding what happened to them against nc state and it is as follows nc state blitzed us and blitzed us a lot had everybody up there stopping the run 
and getting after the quarterback. Obviously, we didn't have enough good answers to counter that. As we look back on it, finding ways to have answers for all-out pressure. This was all-out pressure, cover zero pressure. I could have done a better job of helping us protect some things up and throw the ball over their head. When we finally made plays, it was throwing the ball over their head because they were sitting on routes, stacking the box, and coming after the quarterback. So, um, you know, I mean, what that tells me is, well, I think Golden's going to come after Plummer, and Notre Dame better be prepared for something over their heads. And generally speaking, that's Notre Dame's been very good at that. That's why they're number three in passive fishing efficiency this week. You know, they're uh average per uh yards per attempt has been good for a long time for Notre Dame. I mean, you go back you go back to the Clark Lee era. It goes back to I bet it goes back to 17. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, Elko's numbers were, were going to be great, I think, but it, it, it was the one-year installation and I don't think they all were, but so, I mean, from that perspective, yeah, I would come after Plummer. I think that's what Golden will do. And you trust the back end of your defense, which is pretty damn good against those kind of things. To be fair to need a turnover because they do have explosive scrimmage play capability. Louisville, uh, 30 yard gains, two yard, 30 yard gains this year. Louisville is second in the country to Washington, which we all know is very good at that. However, Notre Dame is seventh. You would not think that 40 yard gains. Louisville is tied for first, but Notre Dame is tied for fifth. 20 yard gains are also explosive. Notre Dame is tied for third in the country with Brian Kelly's offense at LSU, which I just figured out. And Louisville's 10th. So these are two offenses that can get up and down. So he did have a point. Uh, but part of that is they can run the ball. Louisville can also run the ball. Yeah, like Notre Dame's defense should just stick to its stuff this weekend. Yeah. Like there's there's nothing about Louisville where you're like, well, we got to really pay attention to X, Y, or Z. Like play to your strengths if you're Notre Dame. Like I don't, I don't think you need to get any more aggressive than you naturally would if you're all golden on Saturday night. What did Freeman say, Tim? Stop the run and stop the explosives, right? That was his exact quote today. Stop the explosives and tackle well. And tackle well. Tackle well, which is stop the run. Uh, Just a couple. (laughs) Since we do expect that to be the game plan and for Louisville to go downfield, some of the numbers to look forward um, to look to are number one, Jamari Thrash. Number three, Kevin Coleman. He's not a burner, but he's still a guy that can get deep. Jimmy Kellaway is number seven. I like Chris Bell. He's number zero. He's 6'2", 225. You, I mean, you have you better tackle well because he's a he's a handful to bring down. But those are some of those single digit. Oh, Amari Huggins, Bruce, number nine. He's one of the he's a leading returning receiver back from from last year's team. So they they've got a they've got a bunch. You're going to take chances. You're going to have to defend the deep ball, regardless. But especially if you're coming after the quarterback and plumber, which is. It's what you have to do. You don't you don't want Plummer standing back and you 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 want to force him to get rid of the football and that's where he makes bad decisions. Have you I mean, come Kevin Coleman? I was just gonna say Kevin Coleman's the highest rated receiver in the game. Okay. Coming out of high school. Like he was just, a top hundred prospect who no, went to Jackson I mean, State. Just some intel that that's that's just saying like they have there's natural ability. These aren't just yes. like Yes. Skiffs out there yes. on the outside. Uh, absolutely. Like, Every one of those guys that I mentioned have have made plays. Uh, Bell's averaging 25 yards a catch. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with that. He kind of gets unnoticed because of the other guys around him. Do you know what I think about Kevin Coleman being the highest ranked receiver in the game coming out of high school? 
Dell. No, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, last questions paired up here from Zombie Blood. Will the game this Saturday take years off my life that the previous two have, or will we be able to breathe a little easier? And then from Irish from A two, how many offensive touchdowns will Notre Dame score versus Louisville? I'm including that as the last question, guys, because we're going into predictions then. But more or less than the la- more or less touchdowns by Notre Dame than the last two games combined. I can't think of. about whether it'll take years off. Uh, Notre Dame I mean, yeah, how many back-to-back games? I, I didn't think I wish I'd have thought about this beforehand. I'm going to have to try. Could take more off of Notre Dame's lifespan of the fan than these last two games. That would have to be okay. The first thing I think of is when they lost to Michigan and Purdue back-to-back by running out of time with Bob Davey. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Drew Brees and it wasn't Tom Brady, but it could have been. It was Drew Brees. Uh, it was Drew Henson and Drew Brees, right? 99. That's pretty bad. That's that's really bad. Um, when else have they had two back-to-back like that? I mean, like this. Like this, Ohio State and Duke were incredible last minute and a half. Really, last four minutes, but last minute and a half. Absolutely amazing. This one, I don't think this will be bad. I can't. I, that, he's not asking to, to name that, but... I know, but I just thought well, it was crazy. Able to breathe. I, 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 personally, I do. I, I don't. I'm not going to give my prediction, but I think I think Nordin wins this game by double digits. Uh, I mean, 2010, the back-to-back losses to Michigan and Michigan State. Oh, that was nuts because you had the Denard Robinson, and then Little Giants was the the Ooh, second one. Wow, that's pretty awful. Yeah. That's well, how about Clawson's so, last year? They had Michigan nuts. Oh, that, yeah, Michigan was a terrible ending. Michigan State was a great win at the end. I guess there's been some. This seemed worse. This was weird. The Ohio State, well, Ohio State, I think, is excited as people could possibly be as opposed to Michigan State and stuff like that. Yeah. And Duke just exacerbated it because you couldn't believe losing to Duke after you almost <laughs> beat Ohio State. It was, a, it, was a, it was a fitting split. Would you say? Yes. Yeah. I think they they deserve to be one on one. They did not deserve to be zero and two, nor did they deserve to be two and zero. Right, yeah, that was nuts. Would have been better to beat Ohio State and lose to Duke because yeah. you beat Ohio State and then you say, "Oh man, they caught them. They went on the road. It was a tough environment, and they they just caught them." But what yeah. if they beat Ohio State like they beat Duke and then lost to Duke like they lost to Ohio State? <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually would be worse. That would be worse, actually. If they had 10 on the field against Duke. Oh, my God. After so, engineering a last gas comeback against Ohio State. Wow, that is so much worse. I like I understand what Priest is saying, and I agree with it until I just those words came out of my mouth. And now I'm changing my I hadn't looked at I hadn't looked at it from that perspective. No, but wait, that, wait, 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 one more. <laughs> Sam Hartman does the fourth and 16 against Ohio State is the most exciting play in 25 or 30 years in Notre Dame. If that's against Ohio State, yeah. as yeah. opposed to thank God our season isn't over when it happened against Duke. So yeah, Pete, that's uh, that's nuts. Okay, that's we can go so how many? All right, point. so Notre Dame scored four touchdowns in the last two games combined. Are are they less than that equal to that? It, it, it's like that setting it at a good line for yeah yeah. Can we jump into predictions? Because yes, I can. Did. Yeah, go, yeah. All right, they will they will score four touchdowns against Louisville. Me too. Me too. And they will win 31 13. They will I score. Think that, I think they'll play well. Um, I just, I'm not, a, I'm not a Jack Plummer uh, believer. 
So I know he's top 20 in pass efficiency, and he had a game where he had five touchdown passes and three incompletions earlier this year. But I just don't see him doing anything against Notre Dame secondary. I was a Jake Plummer believer. I can tell you that much for Arizona State. He was good. Um, I'm with four touchdowns, too. 34-20. And I think Notre Dame will kind of withstand a little bit of early... um, Good little early start by Louisville. Settle into the game, score the second touchdown, and handle Louisville as the game can as the game goes through. I think four touchdowns is most likely, but I may I may choose to pick five. Be, and I, don't I think wanna... without the receivers, Tim, I'm a, I just see they got to settle for field goals once in a while. And by that, I mean the receivers aren't good enough. Not without the receivers. So what? They're not fully. You, you eventually stop. You, no, they're not. They're not. The unit is not that. The unit took a step okay. back with the injuries. I think they won't. I think I don't think they hit the ground running okay. all of a sudden as if they never left. All right, that's fair. But I think Notre Dame's going to run it well too. A couple know. of field goals and think, four touchdowns. I I look at, and I know it was the first game of the year, and I hate to do that because that's a long time ago, and it's a different. Like it's a different. Yeah, game. that's tough. First game, but Georgia Tech had a ton of offensive success against that defense. And if they can have 488 yards against Louisville, I think Notre Dame can score five touchdowns against them. I do have them scoring 34 points. That's pretty much five touchdowns. Yeah, no, you're close. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Maybe Schrader, hey, what's what's better, Tim, since we're doing the what's better game? Do they score four touchdowns and two field goals by Schrader from 50 and 53? Or they score five touchdowns and he misses an extra point to start the game? (laughs) I want the field goals. Yeah, <laughs> this is better. I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, I've kind of uh, given a hint as to what direction I'm going in in my prediction, but I do feel good about this. I do think Notre Dame is going to bounce back. Your bit, your concern is, you know, we focus so much on well, you know, seven seven weeks in a row, and other teams are playing. <laughs> so other teams are playing every week too, you know. So I mean, I don't, and I realize Notre Dame had to. You know they had to go to the wire with these last two, and that that has a that that wears on you, and then a night game and all those things that go with it. But I think Notre Dame's ready to play a really good football game against a team that I don't think has really proven itself yet. I agree with everything you're saying, but I, I will push back a little with everybody plays. We can never say ever that a team is tired if Notre Dame's not tired after what they just went through. Yeah, we should never be able to bring it up ever again because they just played two absolute all-timers to the last second on the heels of starting in Dublin, and this is game seven. Well, and imagine, imagine if this is a fourth-quarter game, and then like a week from now, we're talking about USC. It's right. like, my God. It, it, it adds up. If it, if it doesn't add up now in this, in this stretch of two games, it doesn't ever exist. We yeah. should never complain again. No doubt. Well, we're going to be there at Louisville and Irish Illustrated will be there with all of our coverage. Please check us out on irishillustrated.com. I don't know if we have a uh, uh, overtime plan for pregame. Not until USC, I believe. Yeah, probably USC. But uh, anyway, join us at irishillustrated.com. Join us on our uh, Facebook page and our our, our YouTube channel for uh, for Irish Illustrated overtime postgame. So until then... Tim Priester for Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. Thanks for joining us for Irish Illustrated Insider.